Thank you, Rachel, and indeed all our readers and our choir. Amazing. You have absolutely smashed it out of the park. Just before I bring, um, offer a, a Christmas message, I'd love you to meet someone uh, for whom Christmas is going to be particularly special this year. She's a member of our church. She works in advertising for Warner Brothers. Uh, so Phoebe, I've just lost her. Where are you? Oh, there you are. Excellent. How could I miss you in your, in your Christmas garb? There we go. Can I Thank you. give you that one? Um, Phoebe, t- tell us, uh, actually, where do you, do you live? You live locally? Yeah, I live in Fulham at the moment. Fantastic. And as I say, you work for, t- tell us a little bit about advertising for Warner Brothers. Um, it's really not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I work in the advertising department for Warner Brothers. So if anybody wants to show any adverts across any of their artists, then that's what I do. Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I was saying that Christmas is a, a kind of, it's often a, associated with a family time of year. So take us back, let's say, five years. Christmas time in your family, what, what was that like? Um, well, five years ago, I was suffering from being a heavy alcoholic. Um, so Christmas for me was not really a joyous occasion, um, nor my family's either. Um, I think it's very easy at this time of year for an alcoholic to blend in because everyone's talking about booze or everyone's drinking. Um, And the differences between me and normal people is you can wake up and have a glass of champagne with breakfast, but I would continue having that glass of champagne until I was possibly at blackout by two o'clock, insulting everyone and spilling everything and just being a general nuisance. Um, So my family didn't really want me around at Christmas and I always felt different. I always felt like I was isolated. Um, I just never, I was, I just wasn't a joy to be around, I suppose. So, so Christmas, not much fun for you or your family. So, so what happened next? So, gosh, where do I begin? Um, five years ago, uh, was possibly the worst, worst point of, of my drinking. I was an absolute nightmare and I also didn't, didn't have faith back then. Um, I, I ended up going to rehab um, and I, I came out and thought I was cured, which obviously didn't happen. Um, and I, I ended up drinking again, and I was, I was in Barcelona at this point. Um, and I just remember just falling onto my knees and just saying, someone, please help me. And I didn't know who I was speaking to at that point, um, because obviously I didn't have any faith. But, but you kind of, it was like a kind of prayer of help. Yeah, it was mm. definitely a cry for help, but mm. I, didn't, I didn't know who I was speaking to. And... Mm. Um, then someone introduced me to AA um, in Barcelona, so I, I started going to AA over there. Um, and then I, I moved back to the UK um, about two years ago. And someone, I, I was going to AA, but I felt like it was a spiritual program, not, not a religious one. And I felt like there was something else that I needed and something else that I was missing. And someone suggested this church. So um, yeah, I started coming about 17 months ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember when I came. Go on. I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was very nervous and I was, I was very shy. But I had my dog. Mm. Do you remember? And you were like, don't let your dog run around. I was like, no. <laughs> 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 there'd been another dog, I, I ought to explain. Um, it was, it was a, I think it was a shih tzu. No, no, um, it's a chihuahua. That's what I wanted to call it anyway. Um, but yours wasn't. Yours was a joy. Yeah, and I, I yeah, he was a joy. <laughs> But I was like, don't worry, he, w- he won't leave my side. And I, was, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I, I didn't want anyone to speak to me. Um, but I was just greeted by all these really happy faces. 
and everyone was so friendly and, and all I can describe it as is like this miserable person walking in with my dog just don't worry you won't run anywhere and then eventually you know I just just started to look people in the eye and you know when you have that awkward moment when you, you say the piece I was like I hated it I was like no please don't speak to me but now you know I really I get to know people and and everyone in here has been part of my journey for sure amazing yeah so what happened then then I got baptized in in May um, hang on this so yeah you're, that's right baptized last May which yeah. is an amazing time but what led up to that why, why did you want to get baptized um, if I'm honest it wasn't it wasn't really on my agenda um, but someone mentioned it to me um, actually my mom mentioned it to me and said you know if you're now in faith maybe you should think about getting baptized and I, I was just like I'm not going to get baptised. And then I walked into the church that evening and the song that was playing, or the song you guys were singing, was Amazing Grace. And those lyrics really spoke to me. So it's um, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I find, found, was blind, but now I see. And I just thought, you know, that's, that was me. Um, and then you said in that service, if you're thinking about getting baptised, then and speak to me afterwards and I was like mm, that's a bit bit of coincidence and then I, I went to an AA meeting in the evening and someone shared about how they got recently got baptized so I was like okay that's that's kind <laughs> three, of a bit of a sign there yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so then um, in May I, I got baptized um, and that was to kind of wipe my slates clean I suppose I, I found faith I was a different I'm a different person now um, in, in, in what ways? Um, I'm just a bit more calm. Um, I, like, I always used to get told to go away. Like, go away, Phoebe, go to bed. Or if you've had too much to drink, please leave the party. And, and now it's, like, when I walk through the doors here, um, you know, Ruth said to me, we love having you here. And that, that really spoke to me because mm. I've never had people warm to me. You know, I've always been, mm. been the nightmare. Um, and now I, I, I give back a lot. So... I help with people who are suffering from addictions. I uh, do crisis for Christmas. Um, and I was always all about what, what can the world give me? What does the world owe me? But now it's more about what can I give and what, can, what gifts can I use to help others? Amazing. So, so this Christmas coming up? Yes. What's that going to be like? Um, well, I hope there's going to be lots of food. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just completely different. Um, my mum's here with me today. Um, she definitely wouldn't have been here before. Um, and just every, every one of my siblings, I mean, you saw them when they were here for the baptism. They all are really, really proud of me. And that, for me, is, is better than any Christmas or better than any, anything I've had in the past. Amazing. Phoebe, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You're thank you. I should say, uh, I, was, I was holding a little card there, um, uh, and I think a few of them are on your, on your seats. Uh, they're entitled, Any Questions? They're an invitation here in the new year to consider the claims that God, through Jesus Christ, makes to each and every one of us to, to kind of change life around, like, like Phoebe's. Uh, just slowly but surely, maybe through the singing of a song, the, the lyric, just a line. 
that can touch us and we suddenly discover that God is closer than we think, welcoming us and inviting us. So I, I'd uh, really invite you to consider coming along that course. If you've got questions yourself, how, how do I know God exists? Uh, who am I and why am I here? What is this world all about? I only get one life, I wanna live it right. Uh, so exploring God, purpose and questions of life, do take this and, and uh, consider it an invite into that little course, those sessions uh, next year. What a week. <laughs> what, a, what a week, I mean, you just go back last week, who, who knew we thought we were gonna have a vote and then there isn't a vote. Uh, and then we thought we had a prime minister and maybe we won't have a prime minister or we still have got a prime minister just uh, and so we need an, another deal do we or not no people aren't moving people have got different ideas according to the uh, European Court of Justice uh, we are perfectly entitled to completely cancel Brexit we would be within our legal rights to say there's no more Brexit uh, and then I hear Tony Blair this week on the radio former prime minister of course uh, and he's favouring a second referendum. Although, what question you'd ask in a second referendum? Well, that's up for grabs. Uh, and then Amber Rudd says, no, I think what we should do is reach across party lines. Let, let's, let's find a, a, a new uh, a set of ideals. Let's find a new uh, deal that we can all agree on. Jeremy Hunt says, no, the Chequers deal, the, the original one, with all the lockdowns on, on uh, the backstop. And by the way, who knew about a backstop when we voted two years ago? But anyway... Uh, as long as we've got that assurance, then I think we should stick with it. Wow. That's kind of, I, I wonder how this week that we've just had will be written up in history. It's quite something, isn't it? And I, I don't want to kind of play with this, but it's, it's quite unsettling if we think about it. If you're in finance or business, longing for an element of security in what's been months and months of uncertainty, it is a very difficult and unsettling time. Not unlike the time when Luke, who, who brought us our second reading that we had today, he was writing in, in very interesting, uh, turbulent times. It was, um, it was a testing geopolitical upheaval. Because as we heard in that reading, and he deals with the, the facts, there was a census carried out of the whole known world, the entire Roman Empire. And we knew then, we were very clear what was happening. Every single person had to go to their town to register, to pay a tax, basically, to fund his standing army. Um, the uh, Octavius, who was the emperor at the time, had a standing army of about 500,000 soldiers. And uh, in what was known as the Pax Romana, the peace of the time, in order to keep the peace, he was ruthless with anyone who opposed him. So that costs money, and money needs tax. And so he issued a decree that everyone should go to their town to register. Octavius, the first Roman emperor. He was known as, uh, in fact, in the Bible reference, as Caesar Augustus. That's, that's not his name, he was Octavius. He, that's his title. Caesar means uh, king. And Augustus, from, we, we get the word august, meaning you know, amazing or, or strong or exalted or impressive. So Caesar Augustus is the most impressive king, if you like, king of kings. And so he orders this census. I love how 
Luke in his gospel account of the Christmas story. He just says, in those days, it came to pass. We might say, it just so happened. I'm going to issue a decree. He clicks his fingers and the whole of the Roman Empire jumps to his command. And as part of that command, a destitute, poor, young couple make the hazardous journey from Nazareth, where they live, to Bethlehem to register as part of this worldwide census. Because Joseph, who's betrothed to Mary, is a descendant of David, and David was born in Bethlehem. And so they go from Nazareth to Bethlehem to register. And it's while, as I know you know, it's while the couple are in Bethlehem, miles away from their home, that the baby, Jesus, is born. There were several prophecies around this rescuer, this savior. We heard one of them in the first reading. Unto us a son is born in Bethlehem. To you in David's town is born today of David's line. And here's the thing, a kind of irony of history. That baby wouldn't have been born in Bethlehem if it wasn't for Octavius clicking his fingers and ordering a census. They wouldn't have moved from Nazareth. And Luke, in his accounts to his readers of the day, and actually to all generations who read this Christmas story, all down the ages, and the question the Bible is, if you like, asking us today in these unsettling times, in these troubling times, is who's really in charge? Who, who knows what is actually going on? Who is pulling the strings that will shape the whole of human history? And Octavius, well, he would say, me, of course. I am the emperor of the whole known world. I click my fingers and millions move to my command. But I wonder whether he was actually just a pawn in God's great salvation plan. You see, Rome is full of political power with its palace. And it's full of military power with its soldiers and army. It's full of economic power with its money and wealth. And Bethlehem is just a little village with a few inns, a stable, and some livestock. But the reason why we're gathered here this evening, 2,000 miles away, 2,000 years on, is because the angels were singing over Bethlehem, not Rome. And the star was shining over Bethlehem, not Rome. And it was to Bethlehem, not Rome, that the Magi, were making their way. Augustus Caesar 
the king of kings. He thought he could act in such a way to make his throne secure. But the Bible tells us that the real king is lying in a manger in an outhouse in Bethlehem. Isaiah, our first reading. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government, the authority to exercise God's rule, God's way, the government will be on his shoulders. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. This tiny, vulnerable little beginning will grow and grow and grow. John, in our third reading, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You listen to a story like Phoebe where there was kind of darkness in her life, ruining her life and her relationships and light dawns in her life and the darkness cannot overcome it. She is, and many of us here who've got to know Phoebe will testify, and there are many other Phoebes in this church and in other churches too, all around the world. There are men and women who are being transformed by the grace and the love of God. Of the increase of his government, there will be no end. The light will not overcome it. These figures are from uh, Lauren Cunningham, who, who headed up YWAM, it's a movement's worldwide Christian movement called uh, Youth with a Mission. And in 1500, it's estimated that, with the, that there was one Christian believer for every 67 people in the world. Then, following the Reformation, uh, where scripture was translated into initially 36 different languages, and that was fueled around the world by the invention of the printing press, such that by 1900, it was estimated that there was one Christian believer to every 29 in the world. And today, it's estimated that there's one Christian believer in every 11 in the world. In fact, since we began this service, hundreds and hundreds of people have come to living faith in Jesus Christ in China alone. I, I acknowledge that the Christian church in the Western world is um, snoozing. But around the world, we are seeing today the increase of his government, which the Bible tells us will know no end. Today, there is only one palace that is named after Caesar, and it's not in Rome. It's in Vegas. <laughs> Whereas today, countless millions of men and women from every continent and down through every age will revere this time of year when we celebrate the fact that God has come to us in Jesus. And he has come to set the world right, to end injustice, to banish darkness, to deal with our sin and enable us to walk into freedom. And of the increase of that government, we're actually seeing there will be no end. Paul, in our final reading to a little church in Colossae, he kind of writes almost prophetically that Christ is in all things and over all things and in him all things 
hold together. That's been Phoebe's discovery. That's been many other people's discovery, as I say, in this church and in many other churches too. I wonder if it's something that you know personally for yourself, that you can know God through Jesus Christ, living in you, giving you fresh hope, new joy and purpose as we head out into what is an unsettling context, an uncertain future in the world around us. That's why I commend the, uh, the any questions to you. I'd love to invite you to come along, even just to the first session, to see whether there's something in this Christ child who might, as we've sung, be born in us today, that we might know God personally and see him work in and through us to his glory and for the benefit and joy of others around. I want to thank you so much for listening to me this evening and may I take this opportunity to wish you a very happy Christmas and a joy-filled 2019. Thank you.